Stacked and packed with you on a Wednesday, Tony Basilio welcoming you into another edition of your Tony Basilio show. It seems like we were just doing, it seems like just yesterday on the Westwood One radio network we were just doing this. Um, today on the program we've got a lot for you. Obviously we're going to continue to count down to the march to the madness, the madness to the march, and the march and the madness and the madness and the march and Today on the show, uh, we're going to go to the north of us, up to Cincinnati, a guy who works for the Athletic. Brian, do we call it the Athletic or the Athletic? Because the other night, uh, when Jimmy Dykes was doing a game, he said they got some athletes, which I've always liked adding a consonant uh, where it doesn't Jimmy, exist. Uh, or, you know, the term athlete has always. Athlete and sophomore. Sophomore and athlete. And California. California, and then today we're also going to go up to Missouri, and Sean Sinclair, we're going to preview the Missouri series with a gentleman, and then my man John Schneider is going to stop by, uh, and we're going to break it down scientifically with him in the noon hour. Yesterday we had on the program uh, the Dragon Son, Ricky Steamboat. We also had uh, Nikita Koloff on the program yesterday. They'll be a part of the TN Sports Show, tnsportshow.com. Get your tickets for Saturday over at uh, the Civic Coliseum. But, uh, Sean, it's always funny. You, you have those old wrestlers on. Some people drag you for it. And some people talk about how much they, uh, they just love hearing those uh, old, the, uh, old wrestlers talk, Sean. Tony, I loved it. Uh, I texted you while you were doing it, yep. and uh, I mean, th- to me, the thing is, they bring me back to the my childhood, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I didn't follow it through the through the McMahon popularization, you know, on TV every night in the Raw, and I, I lost interest. But the, back in those days when uh, McMahon, because I was living in New England and along the East Coast, and that's when. That's when it was uh, McMahon had his regional thing up mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and listening to listening to Nikita Koloff mm-hmm. uh, uh, talk about his ministry and talking about how you know generally everybody except Ric Flair seems to you know have come out of that thing pretty cool. Um, you know, I think Ric Flair still thinks he's Ric Flair, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Uh, and then here in Ricky Steamboat, I, I remember those guys, man. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm of the Chief J. Strongbow, uh, mm-hmm. Fly Snooker, mm-hmm. Ivan Putsky, um, uh, George the Animal Steel, mm-hmm. the Own Dogs, the Samoans, mm-hmm. uh, Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund was the champion when I was just a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, the Iron Sheik. Um, on and on and on. And, uh, I remember, I mean, just brief. I remember when, when the baby faces, my heroes used to lose because they got cheated by Fred Blassie or Lou Albano or, um, uh, oh, whomever. Classy Freddie Blassie, the Grand Wizard yeah, Jimmy, of Wrestling. Or whatever, yeah. And I, I man, I, they'd, they'd throw a chair in there at it mm-hmm. when the ref wasn't looking. Mm-hmm. Buddy, I ate that stuff up so much. And then I would start doing push ups. Because when I got big, I was going to even the score, and that—that uh, that is the good stuff, man. The good stuff. And that's why there will be a bunch of folks out there to meet and greet those guys. Justin Williams with the Athletics going to join us. 
Sean Sinclair, are you going to buy or sell Justin Williams' prediction, which Brian Hartman is what on our volunteers? I'm going to see if Cinco's buying or selling what Justin Williams is laying down with the athletic here in a mere matter of minutes. Justin Williams is a Cincinnati Bearcat beat writer for the athletic, and they had a special deal where I think 10 of them, Mm -hmm. people who worked for the athletic and wrote for the athletic, picked Mm -hmm. the final four. Mm Mm-hmm. And most of them cover college bat. Well, pretty much all of them cover college basketball to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. And Justin Williams was the only one on the panel that predicted Tennessee to make the Final Four in men's basketball in 2023. Cinco, are you um, buying or selling what Justin Williams is laying down? Hey, girls, gather around. Listen to what Justin Williams is throwing down. Are you uh, for it or against it? I'm for it. Well, I would be. I would be most surprised if that were to happen. In fact, I will be most surprised if we get to the Sweet Sixteen. Boom! I think most Tennessee I hope fans. We do, but I, yes, I don't see how any rational person, Tennessee Orange Blood or yep. not, could could predict. Two wins in a row against quality teams. I don't see how you could do that. So Justin's going to join us here momentarily. We're also going to talk some Missouri um, uh, baseball with a gentleman named Matt Michaels, who uh, is Missouri's color guy, and we're going to talk about them. They're off to a pretty good start, touching the top 25 like the rest of the league, but uh, they're off to a pretty good start in the non-league. And We'll talk to him about what we've learned about Mizzou so far. Scoring is up in College baseball across the board. The Vols with an impressive win last night um, over Lipscomb. Uh, Maui Ahuna continues to get more and more comfortable. We will no doubt discuss that as the show wears on, and then we'll get your calls in as well. But uh, hold them for now. Hold your calls for now. We come back. There's actually a living, breathing person that makes a living writing who with a straight face is picking our Vols to go to the Final Four. And I don't know if he knows our history. I don't know if it's Rick Barnes's history. I don't know if he knows the history of all the college basketball teams I cheer for, but I've never seen one of mine go to a Final Four. This, this sport, to me, as a fan, has been cruel and unusual. But Justin Williams joins from the Athletic on the other side. And he's got the Vols going to the Final Four, and we'll find out why after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. 
Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Justin Williams, you bow your head when you say thy name. There aren't many people out there giving the Vols love. Uh, Yours truly included, but he's one of them. Justin Williams, as I welcome you in, uh, just a couple questions for you, and, and I appreciate you joining us, you of the athletic, or as Jimmy Dykes would say, the athletic. And um, Justin Williams, first of all, share with my listeners your final four picks right off the jump here. Yeah, so I have Arizona, Tennessee, Houston, and UCLA. Houston makes sense to me. UCLA minus their best defender, but yet uh, the great Mick Cronin, who has gone out there and is just, um, it's weird, man, he you know, he was known as a guy that couldn't win in March at his previous stop, and now he's like Mr. March out there in Westwood. You just flip uniforms. That's a crazy thing. Who was the third before the Volunteers? Who was the third? Arizona. Arizona. So I guess my question for you is, and did, when you picked the Vols, were, is that your fourth region you did? Were you weary? Were you exhausted? Were you inebriate? I mean, I was just asking yesterday on the air. We were just having some fun with it. Is that one whenever you were under the influence of took hold? I mean, tell me about picking the Vols here. I, I was of clear mind, um, neither high nor heartbroken. Uh, I do go <laughs> round by round. So, you know, I got to a point where I was looking, and, and I did have a lot of chalk in terms of, like, my Elite Eight and, or, or, you know, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, I'm kind of thinking, like, all right, you know, who's, there's going to be some team that gets it, whether it's, uh, you know, three through six seed or some crazy seven through eight seed or something like that. But, you know, where do I feel like that would make the most sense? I went really heavy on defense this year. I'm, I'm putting a lot of stock in defense. Houston, UCLA, Tennessee, really good defensive teams. Kind of my one deviation from that is I picked Arizona over Alabama because I just – so a couple things here. We're getting really in the weeds. Arizona is that team. Everybody has this team in college basketball every year where every game you watch them on TV, they light it up. Or, you know, conversely, they play terrible. Arizona is the team that every time I watch them this season, they were just spanking whoever they were playing. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitching my wagon to Arizona. I think they're, they're going to go really far. But other than that, I really went in on defense uh, this season. And so I think that's why, you know, Houston, UCLA – Tennessee, those are, you know, maybe arguably the three best defensive teams in the country. And uh, I think Tennessee has a decent trip to get to the Final Four. I think they can upset Purdue. I don't think Kansas State is kind of this, uh, you know, vaunted three-seed or anything like that. I think, you know, Marquette could could easily get tripped up. So, uh, you know, don't play this back in in a week and make me sound like an idiot. But I'm leaning in on, on Tennessee's defensive prowess to maybe take them farther than people expect. Well, the interesting thing, with in all fairness to you, um, is that Purdue in the last month has really struggled at times. 
Duke obviously is red hot. Duke's become kind of a trendy pick. Sure. Uh, for Tennessee, but and pick Duke to go to the Final Four. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, that's it's borderline, borderline on American <laughs> to, uh, to to pick Duke. Uh, they're disgusting. You know, they're so polarizing. There's a reason they they stick them on in prime time. I mean, half America kind of likes them, but ninety percent of America. If you see my math there, wants to see him get beat, and everybody needs a villain, and and they are a villain. They're a hoops villain, and they're they disgust me. So I'm glad we share that. I'm glad that you share my. Um, I have an unhealthy dislike of Duke. I would consider mine healthy, but I'm right there with you. So, the Purdue deal is interesting because if Purdue and Tennessee get to the Sweet 16, those are two perennial underachievers. You know it's. And, and picking against Alabama would make sense because they've never been to a Final Four. Mm-hmm. In your town, X has never been to a Final Four, though they've been to several Elite Eights. Um, I just think it's interesting that Purdue's, Purdue went to one in 1980, which Joe Barry Carroll and Gene Cady at the early early part of his tenure there. I mean, we're talking, that's a, that's a lot of water under the bridge. Painter has a really nice club. I mean, it's not far-fetched to think somebody else is coming out of this region. It's not far-fetched. I, but when I look at the Vols, I see what you're saying. I mean, defensively, uh, when they want to, they can really get after it. You're, you're, you're starting to get my hopes up here. Well, you know, my uh, approach every time when I do a bracket, first of all, even though I was clear of mind, I am the guy who. You know, I fill out my bracket in about 90 seconds. Like, I don't put too much thought into it because then I think you overthink it. But you also have to find those, whether you're in a pool or whether you're, you know, doing it with, like, people like we did on The Athletic. You have to find, like, where where can you be different? Because where are you going to gain an advantage in terms of, you know, getting get extra points in your bracket pool or maybe standing out a little bit? And, and so that was the other thing is, like, yeah, Purdue, I, I get it. They've been one of the top seeds all season. Uh, they have, you know, an eight-footer who, who totally dominates uh, the paint, Zach Eady. But, you know, okay, how are you going to kind of deviate from what everyone else is doing? And Tennessee, the metrics love them. They've been top five in the net all season. Uh, they, they play really good defense. They guard the three-point line, which I think in March is a huge thing because a lot of times you see teams get beat because the opposing team gets hot and just rains a bunch of threes. I think Tennessee can defend against that as, as well as anyone in the country. And so, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, you never know. It's, it's kind of a toss-up at this point. But I think there are at least pieces there where if Tennessee makes a run to the Elite Eight Final Four, I think people look back and say, well, yeah, this is a team who beat Alabama a month ago, who had a really good season, and, and the Ziegler injury hurts and all that stuff. But it's not like this team totally came out of nowhere. It just kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the year. And here's the thing. Um, the thing about March it's really weird is – you you lose a player like Ziegler. Sometimes you get into postseason and you go on a run. I remember uh, one year that uh, the year Ralph Sampson left Virginia, and everybody was like, "Well, that's done for Terry Holland." And they went to the Final Four with a guy named Olden Polonese. Now that's probably before the before uh, the time of a lot of people that are are listening to us. But the reality is, is that. It's all about playing a couple of decent games and shooting the ball well. It's all you have to do. Shoot the ball well, uh, you get through. 
because truly we were we were doing our gambling podcast winners and losers last night we went through the first and and we're going to debut that uh here after we're done uh coming up today but we went through the first day and invariably everybody we talked about in these games it was who shoots the ball and then who can get a stop every once in a while and you know there are so few teams, like my degenerates I had on there last night, my gambling degenerates, as I like to call them, a, a term of, of endearment and affection, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But they're degenerates. I mean, they know who they are. Um, you know, they say there are just so few teams that can shoot the ball. And it just comes and goes throughout college basketball. It it just comes and goes. It's like a mystery, isn't it, the way it just comes and goes? Yeah, and, you know, I actually think, Tennessee might benefit a little bit from not being a great three-point shooting team because it's not something that they've, you know, been a crutch or had to, to rely on. You know, I, I like that they get offensive rebounds. I like that they they move the ball. So you would hope that between having a really good defense and doing some of those things on offense that if it's an off-shooting night, maybe they can still scrap out a win. Because, you know, you're right. That's my problem with offense. It's like if you don't have the defense, and you're playing in a weird arena or it's a weird game time or whatever, and your offense just isn't clicking that day, what are you going to be able to do to win? And, and I think these teams like Tennessee that can sit down and defend, it at least gives, keeps them in the game and gives them a chance to, to scrap together a victory. What about the ex-kids? Um, they're sitting there as a three seed. I know you don't cover them, but you're in their city. And and, and obviously when you're, when, when you're on that UC beat, you're always paying attention to what Xavier's doing. Um, Boy, earlier in the year, they looked unreal. And as I was saying, they've been to several Elite Eights. Miller's back there. Uh, For whatever reason, down through the years, when they've had an able coach there, that's been one of the great mid-major jobs in in all of college basketball, if not the best, this side of VCU. And so the question for you is, can they get to the Final Four this year? Can they break through? Yeah, you know, if, if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said yes. Maybe even, uh, you know, a week ago. The problem I have with Xavier is I just don't like their draw to get to the Final Four. And, again, I might sound stupid a week from now, but I really like Houston. Um, I think Indiana's good. I think Texas is good. I think, you know, Iowa State's good. They're going to have to go through at least two, maybe three of those teams if they're going to reach the Final Four in, what is that, the Midwest Regional and so, you know, if you put them somewhere else in the bracket, I, I might feel a lot better about their chances of, of getting that far. But, you know, again, you're, you're kind of beholden to the teams that, that you like when you're looking at the bracket. I just have a hard time seeing them running through each of those teams to, to get there. Can you explain to me, uh, as we are joined today, uh, Justin Williams has joined us. He's with The Athletic, and um, he's picked the Vols to go to the Final Four. But you know what's interesting? We've got a little uh, synergy here going on because Rick Barnes came very close to taking the UCLA job. In fact, got before an open microphone here at a press conference and said, if they'd have paid my buyout, I'd have left, which I found rather arrogant. But, hey, more power to him. It's, you know, it, it, and it, it's, uh, you know, it's got a good beat and you can dance to it. But some of our detractors in our fan base refer to him, Justin, as Rick Bruins now. Whenever he loses a game, they don't call him Rick Barnes. They refer to him as Rick Bruins. And so we've taken the calling um, Mick Crone and Mick Bruins. Um, are you surprised by how good he's been at March, in March and 
just the lack of that when he was at UC, and and how do we explain that? I, I mean, I'll admit I'm I'm a little surprised, but I think what it shows is like you know the the, the problem people in Cincinnati if they had one with Mick, it's like well he would win 25 maybe even 30 games, and then they would get to March, and you know just his formula wouldn't work. The the kind of defensive grind out game didn't seem to work there. Now part of it is I think you're working with a little bit. You have access to maybe a little bit higher, you know, caliber of talent when you're out in UCLA. So you can pair that really strong defensive attitude with maybe a little bit better offensive skill. But I also think it's just like, you know, they had that one great season where they blew that game to Nevada. They could have easily gone on a, on a big run in March there. I, I think what we've learned is like it wasn't a fluke that Mick Cronin was winning 25 to 30 games every year. He just had some bad luck in March, but he's clearly a really good coach. He showed that at Cincinnati. He showed that at Murray State when he was there. And he's showing that again at UCLA. And it's just, you know, it's translated to early in his career there, a, a little bit better success in March. But, you know, tr- trust your eyes and trust the stats. And the stats told you for a long time that Mick Kern was a really good coach. And uh, I think maybe the people who were disappointed in Cincinnati that he made a bunch of NCAA tournaments in a row and didn't advance are now realizing a few years later just how difficult it was to get to those NCAA tournaments in the first place. Would a lot of those people at Cincinnati that were all over him, would they take him back? Would they take Cronin back? I, I think at this time of year, they're realizing, like, man, maybe it wasn't so bad that you lose an occasional first or, or second round NCAA tournament game. I, you know, I think Wes Miller has, he certainly has a, a lot of excitement and support. There, there's, you know, some people who probably wish they would have done a little bit better here in year two. But considering, you know, they, they had the John Brandon era that didn't last long before that, and, and the program is definitely in a rebuild. If you're offering, hey, we don't go through a rebuild, you get to keep Mick Cronin and kind of keep the momentum he had going before, uh, I think if you injected a lot of Bearcats fans with true theorem, they, they would take that trade. Well, and that's, you know, I tell Tennessee fans, and I'm going to make a bunch of these, I call them the barnstormers. They Every time, and, and Tennessee kind of, I won't say faltered, but they faltered down the stretch. Um, they didn't play well. And they would call in, you know, and, and and my message to them is it can be a lot worse. And I think Cincinnati is a is a decent example of that. You know, Cronin was a guy like Barnes who's like a metronome. Those guys are going to get up when you they're going to do that. And they coach the game similarly. Defense first, grind it out on offense. It's unwatchable at times. It's disgusting. It's repugnant basketball at times. You get mad while you're watching them. You almost hate watch your own team. Um, but at the end of the year, you look up and you, like this year, Tennessee's got 22 wins. It wasn't a beautiful 22. It was a frustrating 22 wins. Um, but at the same time, you won 22 games. You get that next hire in there. And that last guy, that, um, the guy from Northern Kentucky, you mentioned his name, Branham. He was kind of a disaster, right? Yeah, the, it, it didn't go well. There, there was a, you know probably a lot of reasons for that. But he, you know, after his second season, there was a exodus in the portal. They ended up firing him for for cause and having to settle mm. in court and all that. So yeah, if, <laughs> I guess that's a long way of saying it did not go well. Yeah, and so that's the that is the be careful what you wish for to any fan base. Yeah, and, you know, Wes Miller, like I said, I think he's a really good young coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but he comes in, and, and you have to do basically a complete program rebuild, which is the same thing Wes Muir Mick Cronin had to do yep. when he took over in the wake of Bob Huggins leaving years ago and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And it, it takes a while to kind of build back up, and, and Mick Cronin did that. 
And yeah, I think after a while, you're right. You get frustrated with you know, the the level of success that becomes the standard, and it's easy to forget that you know setting that standard, establishing that baseline of success, is, is pretty difficult too. So, Justin, on the way out, and I appreciate you. You picking the Vols to go to the Final Four? You're the one. I'm not sure if we have a caller that's picking the Vols to go to the Final Four, and this is the uh, the home market. But that said, you are the one, so we commend you for that. Uh, and as you say, uh, you know, as I like to say, you, you zagged while everybody else zigged, which, you know what, if the Vols reward you and they get to the final four, it doesn't matter pretty much what you do in any of the other brackets. Uh, you're probably going to win your, your deal there at the Athletic. They're going to be looking at you in a couple weeks and going, look at this genius. That's right, and I'll probably have a regular segment here on your show. And, uh, you know, if, if, they, if things don't go well and, and they lose to Louisiana or, or Duke, then I'm just going to pretend that this conversation never happened. Exactly, and I'm going to lose your number. We'll call you a jinx and a no-good SOB. But today, you're the toast of the town. We appreciate you and love you. And if folks want to interact with you online, read your work, all that good stuff, how do they do so? Give us a plug, my friend. Uh, if, if Tennessee goes on a great run, they can find me at Williams underscore Justin uh, on Twitter. Uh, they can subscribe to The Athletic. And if uh, the, the Vols kind of flame out here, then I'm um, sure I have a common enough name that they can find someone else to, to yell out on Twitter. <laughs> hey, Justin, thank you. My best to you. Enjoy the tournament. And the great Eric Waddell uh, loves your work, who helps us out a bunch. And he's a Cincinnati guy and a Tennessee guy and uh, all rolled into one. But uh, Eric Waddell, when, when the Vols hired uh, Butch Jones several years ago, came on here and predicted exactly how his tenure was going to go. I mean, it was almost like prophecy from on high. I mean, it did everything. He did everything but bring manna from the heavens that day. It was unreal. But uh, UC football transitioning to the Big 12, UC basketball, you're going to have a lot to talk about in the coming days, my friend. I hope so. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Eric is a good guy. I hope my uh, prediction here uh, is as accurate as his was about Butch. Justin, take care. Those Cincinnati guys, I've, I've learned uh, I've learned not to mess with them. Cinco, when Ewad prophesied about Butch Jones, you talk about a guy that called it right down the middle as Justin Williams appeared on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. When Eric Waddell prophesied about Butch Jones, it was... From on high, perhaps Justin Williams is about to turn the trick. And Brian Hartman, to the people out there that want to run uh, Ricky, Bo- go ahead, Senko. What, what did you think of Ewad's prophecy? Well, I don't remember it, but um, appreciate you selling for it. Word that it was just appreciate you. Hey, Brian Hartman, tell Senko how biblically on, accurate. Tell biblically Sin- accurate. Tell Senko how on fire it was. Yeah, he uh, he talked about the all the cliche stuff and the just uh, Butch's habits and how Butch would interact with the media and how he certainly was wasn't one to ever point the finger at himself. Said he would burn the fan base out within three yeah, years. Yeah, you'd get tired of hearing his whatever he yep. cliches and stuff he came up with. He yep. was like a program robot. This was the second or third day after they hired him. People were like. You're attacking the coach. And I said, no, I just brought a guy on to let him say what he wants to say. Well, 
I don't. I think it might have been. It might have been after the uh, the practice started that August. It was so next game. level. But it was, it was so right next there, level. You know, he didn't make you feel good about the hire. Or hey, never. Like, ne- you know, we had something. Never let it be said that you cannot be a fraud and a millionaire, multimillionaire at the same time. So there's a lot of those guys running around before you went to Sean about the prophecy there. You're going to ask me something about Barnes. Well, Brian, our our fan base, they're wanting to run Barnes out of here. You said on the post game the other day, Garza law, Tennessee basketball overtime. We're going to have some midnight madness tomorrow night. No doubt. We'll be on. Well, I'll go on the record about Barnes. I am of the opinion that he is a consistent top four seed. He's a consistent, easy top third of the SEC every year. He plays a great schedule usually. He is competitive in those games. He brings nice talent in here. He is unafraid to play the best anywhere at any time. Um, and I'm content with that. I'm, I'm frankly, I'm happy with that because I've, I, I get the, I get the people that want more because we always do. And and I, I caution our friend Tony Vitello. He will soon be in the same boat as that. Um, and people will wonder why he's not winning Omaha championships. Just wait, it'll happen. Josh Heupel will will soon share the same. Um, angst from the fans when he's not holding up a crystal ball at the end of the year. Uh, but having been a Tennessee fan since 85, this is the, this is, this is fine with me, but I don't, but I don't tell anybody how to think. And I don't tell anybody that they should not aspire to be champions. Uh, but I think the biggest thing to me is that equating how much he's paid for and what you should get on the, at the end of March, I don't understand that. He's uh, turned just, in one of the top six seasons in terms of seed with the NCAA tournament. And the game's about the NCAA tournament. He's turned in one of the top six seasons in school history, Brian, this year. Did it feel like that? I asked that today in the block. Hey, Brian, did it feel know, that it did, way to you? Brian, having lived through that, did it feel that way to you? No. It did, and then it didn't. Right. It did and not. I'll say that there was a lot of frustration after getting swept by a Missouri team that you used to own, that I actually felt like um, I actually felt like we were better than, and yep. you lose to them twice. Yep. But I'll say this: when you're a top four seed consistently, yeah. and he's been that way four times, yes, you're eventually good enough to sustain that. You're going to be good enough to go on a you know, a uh, week or two binge where you can win three or four games in a row. Maybe if he went to UCLA, he could have done that. Does I have a question for you, Tony. Go ahead. Okay, so on a on – a, we were talking this, uh, I guess, in the second hour of the yeah. pre-production meeting. Yep, yep. Uh, how is it that – how do you – if you are connected to Tennessee basketball recruiting, right. Right. how do you go to Spire Group – Right. And ask them to stroke a big check, right? If you are, frankly, dealing with a Rick Barnes program, because one, 
you look at Julian Felt, I'm, it's not his fault. But hang on, uh, he's he one of the produced or what he cast as a five star. For. As a five star player, he was one of the five most productive guys in the country uh, this season, Sean. So that's that's. I think I think you're I think you're grading on the curve there, though. But well, no, 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 no. I'm grading against the rest of college basketball. Anthony. No, I'm gra- well. No, well, you now we're in two different camps here. He's not. He's not a. He's not like the kid at Alabama who's a well, franchise hang, hang player. On a hang on a second. I'm not cracking on Julian Phillips. What I'm saying is, how do you go? How does if you're someone at Spire, right? And you and you hold the purse string somewhat. I mean, yeah. I know that the donors do. Really, they call and tell this is where I want my money to go. Right. I get that. But how in the world do you look at a five star in high school mm-hmm. when you could when you could better perhaps use your money? On a transfer, like um, uh, Yuri Collins would have been more impactful this year, in my opinion, than um, the young Phillips man. Uh, mm-hmm. I would suggest that the, the the young man you spoke of, Louisiana Tech, mm-hmm. would have been would be a or better be. investment than yeah. trying to convince uh, Phillips to stick around. He, which I uh, I will be surprised if Phillips is here next year because I could see where um, I could see where. He might transfer. I'm not asking him to, but I could see that. Um, I think. Uh, I think. I think. Um, am I? Am I? Am I speaking out of school here? Am I? No. No. I, I, I think that's. No. I think that's I, accurate. I think people around Phillips were put out with Barnes a little bit in terms of why did you turn our turn our um, son slash prospect this young guy into such a passive player. I think that's accurate. I think that's true. I think that's happened. I think they've had talks with Barnes about that. I, I think that's, yes. However, comparing him to the rest of the signing class this year, I think you've had a seismic shift in college hoops, and it's happened overnight, where now you have programs that are prioritizing the known quantities in the transfer market over these five-star guys you take a flyer on who – most times you're either going to be one and done or one and gone. And and if you look around college basketball and think about it, the kid that went from North Carolina down to Auburn for a second year who's now breaking out, the big man, Brian, uh, help me out Kessler. here. Walker, Kessler. Walker, uh, Walker Kessler. One year at North Carolina, this bed is too soft, this bed is too hard, whatever it is, I'm going down to Auburn. The kid we had last year, Hunley Hatfield, same thing. You know, it looked like the lights were coming on for him at the end of last year. Boy, he's going to have a nice run this season. But, but his folks weren't happy behind the scenes. And he got out of here. And now they're now they're making cryptic remarks about wait for our next chapter, whatever that means. Um, so, so the thing is, the transfer market now almost supersedes what you have coming out of high school. And that's why the Louisiana Tech piece and the kid we wrote about at tclub.team, check it out on our Thursday uh, blog, is really important. But i got to do this. We're going to set the preview, preview the Missouri series. We're going to do that on the other side. Tennessee, Missouri, and baseball, while the Vols are trying to get to the Sweet 16, it is a sports weekend to remember coming up. It's not November, but it's a sports weekend to remember after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 41 dollar bill to one better one dollar bill to one better one dollar bill come to the 2023 mule day auctioneer championship hosted by the columbia breakfast rotary club benefiting their college scholarship fund outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 mule day auctioneer champion the event will be held at the tennessee livestock sale barn at 1231 industrial park road columbia tennessee starting at 11 a.m hope to see you there 31 dollar bill to one better one dollar bill 
Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we've got coming up for you, in addition of Winners and Losers, our uh, gambling podcast. We're going to go through the entire, the entire, the entire first day uh, of the tournament, which gets underway tomorrow. Um, you know, the playing stuff and the things that are going on, hey, more power to you. Last night and tonight, Mississippi State, I mean, if that's, you know, if that's your thing. I know it's Brian Hartman's thing, but if that was your thing last night, it's close game. Two teams that can't play offense, garden variety, college basketball. Somebody uh, had to win the game, but uh, baseball's right on top of us. And SEC play is here. And Matt Michaels, you call uh, games for Missouri baseball, and the volunteers are going to be up there. The long johns are going to be on. And how about you guys up in the booth as I welcome you in? Is it, uh, is it heated in the booth, or are you guys freezing along with everybody else? Well, well, the good thing, Tony, is that it's nice to speak to you. Um, yeah, we do have a little bit of heat. We've got some of those little electric heaters down at our feet. And sometimes, actually, even on the cold days, if you don't set it the right way, it gets a little too warm. I don't necessarily want to leak that information out to too many people. But, um, yeah, we can be pretty comfortable during the games. And I understand for a lot of people it's not necessarily always that way at Taylor Stadium, certainly not for the people on the field. So um, we'll be as toasty as we can be. Well, yeah, we were talking off the air there. It just seems to me the league, it's got to be a better way than for both these teams to start their season up there in literally high 20s, 30-degree weather. Um, I mean, you can acclimate yourself to that all you want, and it's been kind of cool around here. And I know Tony's tried to take advantage of that with his Missouri background uh, in terms of trying to get his team acclimated. But, geez louise, man. I mean, baseball wasn't made to be played in the 30s. No, it's it's the luck of the draw, really. And, you know, Mizzou this past weekend actually moved their series around a little bit with NJIT because there was a rainy and cold forecast on Saturday and decided to play two games during the day on Friday, two sevens, and then play nine innings on Sunday. And they got a series win out of it, but things were really kind of shuffled around in terms of the temperatures. You know, it's it's the luck of the draw, especially around here this time of year. You know, the Tigers are getting set to play a game this afternoon against Lamar. They'll start at 3 local time in the high temperature, 61 degrees. And I see the sun shining outside my window, and it's going to be really pleasant. But when you really have it settle in here in the month of March, you're never completely out of the woods until you get to mid-April, it seems like, here in Columbia. And, you know, it just, it just was a poor draw for these two teams this weekend where you're going to have high temperatures, if you're lucky, touching the 40-degree mark. And, and both of them better be ready for it because they're going to play ball one way or the other. Well, and that's a great point. Um, is there a chance they they will um, alter these start times depending on uh, on the weather forecast or in league games? Are you locked in? You know, I don't know all of the answer to that. I, I suppose that I wouldn't be surprised if there's a call made to the league at some point just to check in with them like they would for any sort of inclement weather. But I, I really don't know exactly what the rule is on that sort of thing i do know that when there's like linear television going on when it's the espn's of the world and they have a game scheduled 
you have to have a start time for that game at the start time and then go from there. But, you know, they don't have that uh, looming over this series right here. So uh, I don't know. I think that's still a, a TBD when it comes to the weekend. It's very interesting, and it's going to be um, for both these clubs that get in the league play. You know, you and I were also visiting for a second. It, it's This is how you learn about your club. When you get into these league games for both these teams, both these teams have unanswered questions. Some of some of the questions have been answered for both clubs. For Missouri, from their standpoint, what have they learned about their team here? What are some uh, some knowns heading into this series? Well, I think there are some on either side, offensively and defensively. On offense, I think we see that this Missouri team, despite the loss of Torrey Montgomery and Josh Day to pro ball, and people wondering, is there going to be enough thump in the lineup? So far, there has been. The Tigers have hit the 20 home runs now going into game 16 today, and it took them, uh, I think it till game 21 or 22 last season, to hit 20 home runs. So they're pacing very well in terms of that part of their offensive profile. They've gotten more contributions one through nine, and the team and Steve Beezer have not been shy about using 12 or 13 in regular rotations at different positions, whether it be due to just a day off or a good matchup or handedness, whatever the case may be. So I think we've learned that the offense is resilient. It might not have as much uh, eye-popping firepower as others in the SEC, but it wasn't built that way, and it understands that it's not going to necessarily win games that way, and they have been winning games. So I think that's a known about Missouri. Another known is that you know, this Missouri bullpen especially has been pretty solid throughout the early part of the season. I can't recall who was sharing it on Twitter before this week began, but it was one of the college baseball um, you know, kind of fancy stats accounts. And they showed the top bullpens by fielding independent pitching in the entire country. And Missouri's was second. They had an under three fifth, which uh, for the fancy stats, um, not enlightened people, basically means – they take your hits and your walks and your home runs, and they take out any element of defense. It's just how you pitch. And Missouri has pitched really very well, especially out of the pen. They've struck out 165 and 124 innings, better than a king in inning. And, and they just have guys that keep going after you. You know, you'll see Zach Franklin at some point this weekend, who's kind of turned into their closer, and he leads this team with strikeouts right now. Tony Newbeck, with the exception of a spot start a couple of weekends ago, has been absolutely money, and teams don't know how to hit the guy. We finally saw Chandler Murphy in a starting role this past week on a on a Friday night, um, really Friday afternoon for the Tigers, put in seven solid innings with his four-pitch mix. The pitching is absolutely better, or has been so far. I think it holds up better in the SEC, but, I mean, you know it, Tony. We all find out these sorts of answers when we actually start playing league games, and it's going to be a heck of a test against this Vols team that has found its offensive mojo, at least with the sticks, in the past three weeks. Yeah, the, the Vols are uh, starting to find their sticks a little bit. And, um, you know, the, the thing Tennessee doesn't have, though, which is interesting, they haven't arrived at an outfield. Uh, they are still basically having tryouts uh, in their outfield. And uh, Tony said that that's going to continue into league play. And I, I think they were hoping to have that settled. But, um, you know, it, it seems they're still trying to mix-match, find combinations, uh, those sorts of things. They've got some first-world problems, though, because they have just a plethora of pitching. And and one of the guys that w- was on our radar here was um, the Horn kid, who we have a background with the family. Um, and and I'm I'm wondering what the latest is on him. You and I spoken off the air, 
at some point this year, do they expect to get him back? And, and, and what's the latest there? Uh, as of now, yes, they do expect to get him back. You know, Sam was with the team uh, for the se- for the season opening weekend down in Arlington at the College Baseball Showdown and came in in his first collegiate start in a game against TCU. And TCU had been setting the world on fire with their offense mm-hmm. down there in Arlington the first two games of that weekend. And Horn came in and changed the tenor of the game. Uh, he was throwing 97, maybe even tickling 98 with a fastball, which has some good late break on it. The breaking ball played. He controlled base runners very well, actually had a pickoff, and it, it opened a lot of eyes, like, here he is. Well, he comes out in the second start uh, the next weekend against Florida International while splitting time with early work in Columbia, Missouri in the middle of the week with the football team because, yeah, he is still trying to be the starting quarterback for the Missouri Tigers next season and earning that job. And, and Horn comes out and he pitches, I think, an inning and a third or so, and then he looks down to the elbow, and he comes right out. Mm. And people are saying, oh, no, this could be the worst. Well, it wasn't the worst. They did all the scans. They had multiple doctors look at him. No damage at all to the ligaments. But he did have forearm tightness, and, and some local reporting around here uh, has indicated that, you know, Horn has had this sort of issue before when it comes to making the switch between football and baseball. Early in his baseball season, he sometimes feels a little bit of discomfort in that forearm. So, he shut down right now. Uh, the early timetable from Steve Beezer was four to six weeks for baseball. But I think this team always expected Sam Horn to be a little bit less available to them while he was going through spring football practice. Uh, so, you know, it kind of is at a time of the season where it's, it's not the worst timing for Missouri. I think this club still would hope to have him back in the April and May months. And mm. when he's around this team, they even hope that he could work his way in to be a weekend starter. The stuff is that good. And the makeup of Horn is that good that uh, I think that they're looking forward to that possibility coming in, you know, three to four weeks from now. So he's going to throw the ball. Uh, he's going to go through spring ball then football-wise, and they, ex- they expect to get him back. So obviously all those tests, all that stuff came back, I guess, negative on him. Is that is that the word? Yeah, yeah. In terms of anything involving ligament damage, it came back negative. And I know that good. some folks in the immediate aftermath – we're really worried about it because everybody kind of knows the old story. A forearm discomfort can lead to instability, can lead to tears, but that's not the case with him. And it being a known for Sam and something that it sounds like he's managed in the past, I think is good news. And, you know, he's he's been throwing footballs with the football team. He's not just out there getting mental reps. So he's been doing things with the throwing arm. It just hasn't been pitching yet. And as we all know, or at least, you know, you can kind of figure out. It's a different motion. It's a different stress. He'll work back to baseball, and I'm sure he wants to. You know, his teammates love him. They understand that it's a different situation with being on two teams, doing two important things wow. at the same time. But Sam's always around the club, and he definitely has a passion for baseball as much as he has a passion for football from what I've seen. You know, there are guys who have done it. I mean, Jameis Winston was an excellent pitcher at Florida State and obviously played quarterback at an extremely high level. And there have been guys down through the years who have done it. It just takes uh, it takes somebody with a lot of dedication. It's hard enough to play one sport, let alone playing two. And uh, we wish that young man well. It's a shame we won't see him this weekend because certainly you want to see these kids healthy and competing. That said, on the way out, and I appreciate your time, is there any questions you have of us as you prepare to call these games um, uh, Sean Sinclair, Brian Hartman, and myself, uh, perhaps we could help you. Are there, are there any questions as you prepare to call Tennessee this weekend? Well, you know, I, I, 
I'm not sure it's necessarily questions about what I think I'll see, but yeah. it, it would be an observation about a, a couple of individuals with ties here. You know, I, I've been heartened to see Seth Halverson get work out of the bullpen, and, and something that I'm wondering if we see this weekend is, is Halverson having an impact on the game. I mean, he, he pitched here and pitched well, but didn't necessarily get a chance to put it all together, of course, coming off of injury last season. Mm-hmm. It's been good to see that he's had positive impacts. And so I think that that's a storyline, at least to look at going into the weekend. Um, I mean, if I had a question, it would be, are Burns, Dolander, and Beam as good as they seem to be? But they always are that good, right? And, and Missouri, I, I think, as everybody knows, had some success eventually against every one of those starting pitchers. So um, will that be the case again this weekend? Uh, that's something to look at. And it'll be very interesting to see what Maui Ahuna does when he comes back here. And yeah. I know he's starting to get his offensive stroke back, but when Kansas played at Missouri a season ago, he probably had his worst game in the field. He could wow. have three errors in that game. Wow. Because because that's interesting. That's, interesting. that's, yeah. a, that, that's an interesting little snugget right there. Sean, it was a uh, yeah. different game uh, because Missouri had the ballpark pack. There were a lot of student-athletes there. There were a lot of students there, and the Missouri-Kansas rivalry knows zero bounds. So Missouri is, is in that game, and uh, Maui, I think, had a couple of hits in that game, and you can mm-hmm. see the talent. It jumps off the page. I'm not saying it's denigrating him. I'm mm-hmm. just saying he had a poor game in the field, and it really surprised me, too, considering that everybody understands where he's headed in his career. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see if he can shake that off or if, you know, memories linger sometimes with a bad night. He could be on revenge tour this weekend for that very same reason. But when he was here last year, it, it was April the 6th, and he did not play the field. They committed three errors to Jayhawks, and they were all on Maui. I was shocked to see it, and I think he's going to want to prove something this weekend back at Taylor Stadium. Uh, Sean Sinclair, on the Halverson piece, what role do you think he plays? Does Tennessee perhaps use him? as a closer in the homecoming. What do you think, Sean, heading into the weekend? Not sure exactly where. I think what you'll notice, sir, is that when 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 Seth was at Missouri, my opinion of him was he looked like a tight, muscle-bound thrower. Um, it looked like uh, he was trying to knock the catcher back to the backstop every time. Um, he did not – if he was on, he was very good – but a lot of times uh, he was walking people, and he didn't have control. Uh, the kid now, and I think I think the year off probably helped him in the long run. And with Frank Anderson, this is no critique on Missouri coaching at all, because uh, obviously he was a Friday night starter in the SEC. But I think what you'll see now is I think you'll see a kid who who just dials it down a little bit more, has picked up an off speed pitch or two, and I I truly believe he's a he is a much more complete pitcher than he was when he was in Columbia. Um, and I think that what you'll probably see is um, uh, if, 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 one, if it's real cold and they don't let one of our starters go very long, he could end up there. Uh, he's, he's closed the game out for us. I think you'll, if, you, if, you have, if you like Seth, I think you'll be happy for him because he's really turned it into a nice pitcher. Yeah, I mean, it, the the stats certainly jump off, and getting 15 innings in, in a relief role, I, I know that yep. he was tabbed as a starter here, and, and you knew the 
potential was absolutely there with Seth to put it all together, and it, it just didn't seem to happen in Columbia. And a lot of things with that 21 season just didn't go well for the Tigers at all. You know, that was the one that kind of jumps off the page when you look at Steve Beezer's time here and you go, what happened there? It just, it just didn't fit. And sometimes, you know, that's a real struggle to build back from. I think the Tigers have built back from that season, to be honest with you. They laid the foundation last year, lost a bunch of close games in the league, and you know where that leaves you. That leaves you at the bottom of the SEC, and I think the bottom of the SEC is better than a lot of places, but it doesn't necessarily get you in the NCAA tournament. I, I feel that this Missouri team is as well-positioned as any I've seen in seven years of doing this, the color commentary on the radio team, to hold up in the SEC and go against maybe the deepest SEC I've ever seen. I mean, we all find out when they play the games, but I feel pretty confident that they've got some stuff that plays in this conference, and I'm really interested to see if they put that all together in the same way that you can see it in your mind's eye. Matt Michaels, much appreciation to you. We are, like, way over into our second hour. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, Great talking with you. And uh, good luck on the call, and stay warm this weekend, my brother. Yep, I will do the best. Thank you guys for having me again. Thank you. And it'll be really interesting to see how Tennessee performs, how Maui Ahuna comes back and atones for that. That's, that's, there, there you go. That's a little hidden snugget, a little hidden snuggie in the middle of that. We come back on the other side, uh, some news with local sports franchise. We'll break that as we continue. We'll, we'll do some break, breaking news, breaking news. I want to thank, um, Matt Michaels. Missouri's color commentator for appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. Driver training classes forming now, tldlogistics.com. Again, we have overlapping sports this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see this Tennessee team who's taking its shape, taking its form, try to go on the road and hopefully do great things on the road in the SEC in the freezing cold in Como, Missouri after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. 
A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohi Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TV back with you. Tony Basilio uh, back on your, boy, it's a Wednesday edition, and we are flying by on a Wednesday. Appearing now on our TLD Logistics hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, you bow your head when you say thy name because it's right around the corner 
And we are shaking lakes, rocking docks, and breaking news because our friends, when you say it, know it, and you write it down at FC Alliance Soccer, have some news for us today on the program. Their season is about to get underway here in early May, but we got some news to break today with the great John Schneider, who's live with us on the show. John Schneider, K Pasa, Migo. You the keeper of the flame with the beautiful game here in East Tennessee. I hope you're well, my brother. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Tony. Brother, talk. tell me about it here. We've got a special announcement. We're going to play our home games in our uh, May through summer schedule. Where, my friend? At uh, Hardin Valley Academy. God, it's a beautiful facility over there, man. That's beautiful yeah, right there. Yeah, we're we're really excited about it, and uh, we're really excited to bring uh, you know some pro soccer to you know the valley, which is what we're calling it, the valley, and um, we're excited. You know, our youth club is based out of Hardin Valley area, and uh, now we're bringing uh, both of our eight six five teams, men's and women's, to uh, to play in the valley, and we're we're pretty excited about it. Well, the thing that the thing that was really impressive to me about your reveal was the quality of rosters you have. I mean, you have some accomplished, high-level Division One players, and then you've got a gal who's Player of the Year uh, coming out of high school right out of your program. I mean, you have a couple guys that are on track to play in the MLS, and for people that follow that, uh, that is extremely difficult to get that high uh, in that sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, we could not be any happier with, you know, when, and when we talk about 865 Alliance, we're talking about our men's team and our women's team. And uh, from the beginning, uh, we wanted to be true to Knoxville, and we wanted to be true to East Tennessee. So our rosters are exactly what we said we were going to do. They are 95% um, people who either grew up in this area who still live in this area um, or who are playing in colleges from this area. So when you come watch our teams play, you're literally watching people who live uh, where we live. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, I was looking at that, um, your, your men's roster, and, and it's very similar. You know, you're, what we're going to see is very similar to what our, some of our listeners who are in some of the communities that used to be in the Appalachian League, uh, where uh, the Tennessee Smokies put together these summer leagues for uh, these college kids to continue to stay fresh and continue to grow in their sport. And that's a great thing. And it's also a great value for fans because you get to get out and see a high level of, uh, of play. And so from that standpoint, when will the games take place? How do people find out more information, uh, John, on what we're doing? The games will start taking place. Our first uh, game, which will be away, will be May 7th. And, um, and then our first home game will be uh, May 27th. And we will have the full schedule will be released from the league here in the next seven days. Okay. And, uh, but any information you want to find, you can always find it at 865alliance.com. And the great thing that we're doing right now, and we're really excited, is all games will, will be streamed home and away. 
So you'll always be able to see the men's team and the women's team um, at any time. Which is fantastic. So people will be able to follow the teams, get to know the players, uh, all that stuff. And I know when you and I talked off the air, one of the things that you're looking forward to doing uh, with this program is making uh, this a party uh, for people when they come out and really enjoy themselves and kind of uh, making it a, a kid-friendly thing, but also just like a festival-oriented thing as well. And um, I don't know when you're going to sleep, man, when this all starts, but more power to you, brother. But tell us about that as well. Yeah, that that's absolutely um, our our whole goal is uh, the summer is obviously one of the best uh, times for weather in, in East Tennessee. And uh, we, we want to take advantage of it with great family time, carnival atmosphere. Um, and, and, and when you go to a game with us, it's not going to be real quiet. There's going to be drums and boogazelas and people waving flags Boom. and, and uh, smoke bombs. I mean, it, it's going to be fun. And, and we are going to have great music. And we look at this as like a celebration for the players um, that actually have come through our club. Yep. Um, some of them will still be in our club. We, we actually have players that are that good that can play at this level that are still in high school. And um, it, it's a celebration to us, and that's really what we're going for. Yeah, we're going to celebrate our community with 865 uh, Alliance and uh, check out the website, merch as well, all kinds of stuff. I'm excited about the season. We look forward to uh, talking with you as the season goes along is there anything else folks need to know hardin valley academy is where the game's going to be played right there in the heart of west knoxville uh and the great jim burns from over at off furniture outfitters who loves the sport just texted me and said he's really excited about this news uh, he says to me basilio we need to get out and see some games this summer and i'm looking forward to it i'm as an advocate uh, for that sport, I'm greatly looking forward to watching you guys grow the game here, as you say, in the Valley. Yeah, we, we, we feel the same way, and uh, the response has been fantastic. Um, you know, one thing that we always talk about is having players you know, that came to our club, but just to give you an idea of the reception that we've even had from some of our players who have gone on and, and, and done well playing, who are now coming back playing, um, you know, we, we have players that literally are in high school now that will, that will play. And we also have players that I coached when they were 15 and the 28 who, uh, one of them particularly, uh, Timmy Baker, uh, he, he's been playing in Spain and Australia and he's back and he, he's going to play with us. So we have generations that old versus the new generation. So for us, it's really awesome. Got a phone call yesterday from Macy Fox, who was a, a very good player. Uh, in Maryville area, grew up her whole youth career playing in our club. Uh, she said, I heard about this. I'm moving back to town. I want to be part of it. And of course, she's more than good enough to make it. And, um, so it's, we have that kind of response and it's just been great. And I think the community is going to see that the people here are going to take pride in playing for this because they've been waiting for this for a long time. Well, you know, and, and the great thing is, is that it's a great way to spend a summer night. And there is a burgeoning uh, soccer community here that, that wants to be fed. And you guys are going to play on Saturdays, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Saturday Saturday evenings, perfect in the summertime. And, um, John, if folks want more information, uh, how, do they, how do they learn more? 
865alliance.com. And you will see the schedule and uh, up-to-date news. Um, you can also find a way to follow us on all of our social media platforms uh, from 865alliance.com. And uh, we're going to keep pumping out the information and celebrating a beautiful game with uh, the people of our community. John Schneider, you're the man. Much love to you, and I appreciate you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, my friend. Thank you. You too. Thanks as always for having me. Really appreciate you. Thank Thanks, you, brother. Yes, sir. Hardin Valley Academy is where they're going to play their games on Saturday nights. The beautiful game. Now, we've done a lot of stuff here, guys. We've covered the Missouri tennessee baseball series we've had had some breaking news there with john schneider who appeared on the tld logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com and for the first time all day i'm going to ask for phone calls now taking you up to a special presentation of winners and losers nca tournament day one predictions podcast tomorrow we'll have day two uh, predictions podcast for you as we'll get to that later on today but uh, if you're an owner-operator, we've got a spot for you on our team, TLD Logistics Online, tldlogistics.com. Cinco, Missouri, uh, is, uh, is built to hold up in the league. We're going to find out. Uh, the, our, our previous guest said of his seven years, this is the team most apt to hold up. I thought, the, I thought that nugget about Maui Ahuna having a horrendous game up there committing three errors last year was kind of interesting. Obviously, in this game, there aren't going to be any fans there. And you were about to ask him a question about the old um, uh, about the old league versus the new league. Isn't it interesting that fans want things they identified with in terms of things they grew up with in that Kansas-Missouri series? Anytime they get together in anything, in anything, is blood sport to those people. I don't know if you guys caught that. But I thought that was really interesting that Missouri, even with their Mormon baseball program, packed the house last year when Kansas came in. I mean, two bottom feeders in their respective leagues. Oh, exactly. Well, first of all, with baseball, it is, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So, you know, you could you could be Missouri and be respectfully 10th or 11th in the conference and be a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. So if you're a top 25 team at home, you can take two or three from Tennessee. You you, you just can't. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen or, or certainly don't want it to happen, but right. that can happen because more and more kids that don't get chosen, you know, when they're freshmen and sophomores to go to Tennessee or Florida or some of the other powerhouses, yep. you know, they, they can still play in the SEC baseball, and they certainly want to do that. Um, I, what I wanted to ask him was, is because we've had, through, since I was a kid, you've had, mm-hmm. when you had the Southwest Conference, uh, Texas and uh, A&M and Arkansas, and then, when, and then, but we also had the Big Eight, which is what I grew up, Nebraska, uh, obviously in the Big 12 now, but, uh, or Big 10, whatever they're calling themselves. Uh, but the, um, you know, uh, with Missouri and Oklahoma, uh you know, there are a lot of different transitions. You know, uh, Missouri and Arkansas. You know, that's a that's a that's a big deal. You know, just right next to each other. So, what is? I wonder what they. Um, I wonder what their three their thoughts are on their three opponents. Would they like to be? Um, 
So who knows? And you said Missouri. You know, I'm from Kansas City. Yep. And um, I can't even remember what we used to say. I say Missouri now, but I, I, I do know that there are people that say Missouri. Isn't it funny? Missouri people it is funny. call it Missouri. Yeah, I can't even, it's been so long, I can't even remember what my relatives said. And we're looking ahead to this weekend. Bino slapped my hand the other day. You know, Bino was in a real mood on Monday. First of all, I noticed he, that he sat in here in the, in our in our um, extra Rip inning WLN. segment with with that. He, well, he sat in here in our extra inning segment with Evan Russell after ripping WLN, and he was huh. plagiarizing from you. Yes, and so we'll call I that, that. Yeah, we'll call that out on the air. Didn't even didn't even give you any like credit for it with Evan Russell. He just he just stole your stuff. Um, and then uh, Doug and Udawa, what's up? Uh, Doug and Chatty. And then, because um, I stole his stuff, he emailed me something. And I just I just lifted it right out of his email, Sean, and posted it on my blog. And he goes, Basilio, do I, get, do I not get anything for that? Any love? And I said, love. That's what I, that's what but I, that, I guess that's the way the show rolls these days. Well, right? I mean, yeah. you know, we, sometimes you don't have time. Sometimes you don't have time mm. uh, to give attribution. But. But then Bino slapped my hand when I said, hey, I want to get a sweep this weekend. And Bino's like, whoa, 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 You're playing in the freezing cold. You're in the SEC. Let's get a series win. Don't, you know, and Evan Russell said, Evan Russell corrected a caller who, or offered a different opinion, I, I'll say, than correcting a caller doesn't sound uh, uh, what we do around here, but. Somebody called in and said, hey, we, we're down this year. We, we might only win 21 games. And Evan Russell said, whoa, 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 in the league, 21. Evan Russell, do you know how good that is, 21 games in this league? Evan Russell said, if our team wins over 17 games in the SEC, that, he, he, I think he said 15 or 16, anywhere from 15 on up, he said, that's a great season. For all the guys we've replaced, everything we've been through, everything these guys are going to go through, and you know, Sean, the league's harder than it was last year. The league's a meat grinder this year. Mississippi State's not down. Arkansas is better. Florida's better. Uh, all these teams are better. Uh, LSU went out in the offseason and spent like um, George Steinbrenner was down there uh, back in the day being uh, there, uh, Cinco. So, uh, you know. And you also have you also have the two defending national championship champions. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the league that really were not contenders they just got hot late old miss and mississippi state is that not correct yeah that's right back I mean, and, back. And, they, and, they, and they and they just got hot so you know i don't i think i've noticed over the past several years i think bino gets a little red hiney this time of year because charlie cream is is getting all the attention and everybody that follows women's college basketball knows that bino's really the the authority and all that stuff so you know it is what it is. Yeah. See, Doug and Chatty, you're not the only one that gets your stuff stolen. Charlie Cream generally does not eat. Did he shout Bino out the air night? Did he say the name, uh, Brian, on the uh, Ladies Reveal show? No, I thought I heard him say no, he something. Told, that, so, so, I mean, uh, uh, Bino is the, old, is the OG when it comes to ladies' bracketology. I know. And uh, he gets nothing out of it. So, I'm I'm willing to give him a pass. Bino finished ahead of him on the on the women's bracket bracket matrix website. Uh, Bino, I don't, uh, Brian, I don't know if you noticed that, 
But uh, Bino finished two spots ahead of Charlie Cream. I think Charlie was somewhere like 18, and Bino was like 16 or 15, which is pretty good for him. You don't mess with Bino. No. You don't mess with Bino in women's bracketology. When, when it comes to his knowledge and him calling his shots. but uh, And Bino, he really uh, knew his stuff back in the World Cup, too. He, he was right on top of that. Are you guys going to buy, sell, or trade Justin Williams, who was on here an hour ago with the Athletic? And by the way, 865-200-5402. I asked a question yesterday, Sean. I'm going to ask it of you. Since you are baseball inclined, Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball, broke a story yesterday regarding, broke a story regarding the fact that the league is going to adopt a scheduling model, it looks like, where, and they've got to get on this soon for basketball, football, and baseball. Because next year the league changes. We go to the Super League. He said right now it looks like they're going to stay at 30 games in baseball. But each team is going to have two fixed opponents per season. Two teams you play every year. And then from there you play eight other series and you rotate. So that so every couple of years you, you would have played everybody. I think it's a good idea. Sean, who should Tennessee's permanent opponents if you had your say who are the two permanent opponents tennessee gets in baseball well first i i I tend to agree with the uh staying at the number of games because you're not going to extend the season and i don't want sec games in the middle of winter yep so we would have we would have started if we had 36 games we would have started uh sec last week and then this week well that's that's not going to happen uh, because you don't want to, you don't want games that count when you're still trying to figure a lineup in when it's freezing cold, when you really may point. have rain delays or canceled games. So I kind of, I kind of agree with uh, what they're doing there, just from a calendar perspective. Yep. Uh, Vanderbilt, number one, you have to have it. Um, I think that in football too. I, I think you just have to have it. And Vanderbilt is obviously the Alabama of baseball. Uh, to us around here. I mean, it, it, the Corbin, that program, uh, Vandy boys, whatever, uh, whatever that means. And then, you know, getting their anchors down or however they do that nonsense. Uh, that's That's been the gold standard for a long time. And so you want to keep that up. Uh, but then I think the second one, I would just go proximity because I think that um, I don't – not many of our fans, I know West Tennessee, but could go over to Arkansas, and that would be okay. But I think somewhere close, uh, closer so you know our fans could get there, whether that's Georgia, whether that's Kentucky, uh, whether that's um, um, South Carolina, something like that. That's, that's the way I'm thinking about it. Brian, you didn't take a stance on this yesterday. Then we'll go to the phones at 865-200-5402. Justin Williams says the Vols are going to the Final Four. Are you buying, selling, or trading that? Brian, on the scheduling issue, Vanderbilt, I agree with Sean. Vanderbilt's got to be on that uh, Got to be on that baseball schedule. Uh, it's just too great of a series not to play that thing every year, especially now that you've you've achieved level with them, some kind of level status. I don't think you're going to sweep them every year. I think some years they'll beat you two out of three. Whatever. Maybe every once in a while they sweep you. Who knows? But it's always going to be crazy when those two teams play. This year, the Vanderbilt series here is going to be nuts. We know that. 
Um, Bry, who should Tennessee's second opponent be uh, in baseball? You've given this some thought now of 24-some-odd hours. I kind of think it should be Florida. I uh, I kind of like the way that's gone in baseball recently, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it should be somebody in the East that, that they had been playing mm. on a yearly basis three times. Home and away, so I'm going to go with. I'll go with Florida on that one. Sean, is that too difficult to have? Uh, is that an inherent disadvantage to make, have Florida? Make Florida come up, come up and play in cold weather every now and then. Is that an inherent disadvantage, Sean, to play Florida and Vanderbilt as your anchor opponents, so to speak? What do you think? Eight six five two hundred five four zero. Sorry about that. I was muted. Uh, no. It was. Florida, by geography, is always going to be a great program. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have, I mean, the, the place is just loaded with junior college. It's loaded with population. Mm-hmm. The kids play more games than almost anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. They're always going to have pitching. Uh, so I think that's a tough. Plus, also, I think that's a, I think, you know, that's a long trip uh, for the kids. It's, yeah, I don't like it. It, uh, it is what it is, but, uh, I mean, who do you want, Sean? Take it. Take a stand here. You want uh you want Kentucky, you want South Carolina, you want Georgia. Pick your poison. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna I'll, I'll commit to South Carolina simply because they have a history. They have a great park. The fans like it over there. Mm-hmm. Their AD is a former coach, mm-hmm. so it means something to them. Mm-hmm. And they're and right now they're not great. Mm-hmm. So. You get potentially a big-time atmosphere. You get a knowledgeable fan base. Um, you get – it's not a huge drive for us mm-hmm. in East Tennessee, northern Georgia, that – Go to the uh, beach in the spring. Carolina. Hey, go to the beach and, in the spring. And, it, and, you have a ch- and you have a chance of getting two out of three on the way there. Mm-hmm. So I, And it's not a long trip for, for the kids. So I'm going to go South Carolina. My answer is boring, but we're going to have something different here. I want Kentucky because I just like those two kind of redneck fan bases getting together and fighting it out. But baseball doesn't matter at Kentucky. So to your point, Sean, um, for the travel, why would you want to play? Why would you pl- want to play in that skate park anyway? <laughs> Eight six five two hundred five. That nonsense is. I mean, it's it's boring just to watch it on TV. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I think you have a good. I think you have a good point. Uh, let's go to our phones and get our first call in. Hello and welcome in. Hello. Tony, is that? Hey yeah. Zach, welcome in, buddy. Hey Brian, uh, Sinclair. Oh, Sinclair. Um, did you watch any of that? Uh, have you been watching any of that uh, Southern Hoops series on the SEC channel? No been kind of sad because there's been what's go what's where where are you zach are you like I, in a hall i have you have like an earpiece or where are you buddy what, oh does that sound bad yeah go ahead well it did but go ahead speak for me talk up for us let me try i'm sorry yeah you were you're like on an earpiece or something you don't sound no, like you I was, usually I was, but... there you go is that is that's that better me? yeah go for it okay i'm sorry um well i was it was just, it, it was kind of sad because there was only about ten minutes of uh, Tennessee when it was talking about the Ernie and Bernie years, and 
it just made me think of kind of our futility. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Pat Summit coverage, <laughs> and um, I know we don't, I know y'all don't talk about Lady Vols. Yeah. What do you, What do you think about you know Rakia Jackson coming back and um, and the fact they'll get Key, key next year? Um, are, are you you think we might be able to get back into that? Top, no. Maybe that top ten. No. That's those days are uh, the the days of the Pat Summit Lady Vols. That ain't happening. Onto this coach. Sorry. All right. I hate to be I hate to be a killjoy. She seems now, like a she seems I'll like a this. she seems like a nice gal, and they've had a nice season. But the, they they're the, a top four seed again. The let hey Brian, that's not what Lady Ball basketball is being a top four seed. That's great. I'm not poo pooing it, but mm-hmm. the the level. When you look at them in a South Carolina on the on the court at the same time, and you just think about the pool that they're recruiting from, and the pool Tennessee's recruiting from, and Tennessee's got money, they got yeah. money, they got NIL money as well, which has been well documented. But uh, it is, well, I, um, you know, it's a it is a tough, tough hill to climb I, for I, them I, to get back to the glory days. I, I, I'm gonna hang up because I. I, I my sound's bad, but um, I was just going to get your yeah. opinion on the fact that they have supposedly got a commitment from an eighth grader, and um, I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys after the, the game tomorrow night. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it's that's all sports now. We, you know, we laughed at Lane Kiffin when um, they took a commitment, Sean, several years ago from an eighth. Whatever happened to that kid, by the way? That Tennessee was it? Was he at Tennessee when he took a commitment from an eighth grader? Where was Lane Kiffin when he did that? USC, maybe? I think so. And, and, and that, that kid turned out to be that really good wide receiver at West Virginia, I believe. Really? That torched us, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Stills? Yeah. Really? Yep. That's interesting. So how did he go from committed to Lane Kiffin to West Virginia? Probably rather circuitously. Well, maybe when he was getting ready to do that, Lane Kiffin didn't have a job. Brian, um, uh, I watched a lot of Lady Ball basketball this year. You, you think they're going back to the Pat Summit glory days anytime soon, which is what he asked me. And I, I just I don't glibly answer that question. I just answer it emphatically no. Not well, right now. Pat Summit days were just so so great that it's hard to – they have to climb. Yes. Now. There's other programs that, that – that you can win big at. South Carolina's come along. Oh my gosh! And to mention, you know, LSU now is right up there. Oh my god, They're, those I think two they are knockouts. Consistently yeah. be, I think they can consistently get in the top five of the SEC and be a tournament team year in and year out. The league's has, terrible. Has Brian. Don Staley dethroned uh, OEM as the greatest of this time? Right she's now, on, she owns a sport right now. There's no question. It's going through her. Yeah, he's okay. uh, he he's taking a back seat to her. I was listening sure. to a Temple Temple Sports. Uh, deal the well Philadelphia sports podcast the other day. It's called Working the Beat, and it's two old heads up there that have, that really lo- love college sports, which is one of the reasons why I like it. They were talking Big Five basketball and the state of it, and there's a move afoot up there to see if Dawn Staley see if they can get her to go back to Temple and be the men's coach. And I'm gonna tell you something: if there's a woman out there that could do something like that in the men's game, it's her. I would not bet against that lady. I would not mess with that lady, you know, and I would not bet against her. No, but no women's coach has ever been mentioned like that except Pat Summit. I know that. 
Right. There's never been another situation where you thought, can she coach men? She's stone cold next level. That's what, and, and I have people that say, yeah, I hear you say good things about her on the air because, you know, she's one of your affiliates. People hate her. In the, I'm like, oh, yeah, people hate her. People hate Nick Saban. People hated Bruce Pearl when he first got here. Okay, people hate her. You don't like her, you know. They don't like her. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, and? they have reason not to. She dominates them. People don't like, hey, hey, Sean, people don't like Tony Vitello. Yeah, and? You don't want your coach to be liked. Hello. You've got a great coach if they're not liked. Hello. Cinco, you think if Vitello would have gotten a call saying, hey, you're tampering with my team, you think he would have said, yeah, we're, we're going to, we'll throw him back. We've done all that work, but we'll just go ahead and put him back. No, I think because um, I think he would probably, hypothetically, probably take a three-game suspension with the player and then get him ready to go a couple weeks before conference time came. My favorite thing is uh, McNeese State. It's the most 2023 thing of all time, Brian, that you hire a coach one day and suspend him for like four or five games the next Literally the yeah, next I've day. Never, I've never heard of that. Of course you haven't. That's that's not an NCAA thing saying you got to suspend him. That's the school. That's doing modern it. day. A guy you just hired. Babylon nuttiness. It's like where we are you in have sports. Found somebody else like an up and comer somewhere and giving them a shot. It's where we are speaking, in sports now. Speaking of speaking of old coaches crying in their pack and play. What about Tim Corbett? Isn't it time we revisit his his. Uh, nonsense with the bat sticker from Jordan Beck last year. Oh, we're gonna have so much fun with that. Hello. And then, and then, word is that he's one of he's one of the uh, coaches that were chirping about Vitello he with was? the Ahuna thing. Oh yeah, he's got a he's got. Uh, well, let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You know that's really ironic because he 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 had all let's, kinds of advantages nobody else had. Nah, oh. Now, now the truth comes out. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome in on a Wednesday. Hey, Tony. Hey, Sean. Hey, Brian. How you guys doing? Doing great. Hey, man. Thank you. It's Richie. I was just calling. Hey, Richie. Hey, Richie. Good to hear from you, brother. Hey, Richie. Thanks for calling. It's been a while. The Braves while. will soon be at it. The Braves and Phillies will soon be battling for supremacy in the National What do my Braves League have going on this year, Richie? Well, uh, one thing... I'm trying to figure out the math that the SEC office mm-hmm. uses because it's not the same standard math the rest of us use. No. Uh, it makes sense if we have a 15-team league right. in baseball since right. we play 10 series to have five permanent opponents and rotate the other 10 five by five. Wouldn't that make more sense than having two permanent opponents and having the eight rotating teams? I don't think it's eight. I don't think it's. I don't think you flip flop eight. I think it's just like some come on, some come off. That's right. And the idea, Richie, is why don't we have why don't we have five then? Though it would make. But, wouldn't it make well, I think the idea five? is. I think the idea is if you stay and play, which you're going to stay and play three years the way the sport's structured, you're going to pretty you're going to pretty much get to play in every stadium. It's going to keep the sport fresher and different. And and I don't want too many fixed opponents i don't want too many fixed opponents in football i like the concept of variety the the idea of divisions and not that we ever disagree richie because it's not our style to disagree you and me we usually see about one percent of the world the same way um the sports world that is but somehow richie i still like you you 
You're a guy with good takes. This one isn't one of them, though. You guys are like Siamese twins, really. Oh, we, you know, I mean, I we love like each other. I think that would... Brian, you would like... Brian, you would side with Richie. You would like his idea. Guys, if you do the math, yeah. it's the same thing as like in football. You would play everybody we're every four years. Going to get, but but in football we're getting away from that. Say we're going every to every two years you play you play everybody in the league, and that's if the you point. Did it that way, if you did what did it what way? If you did it what Richie's saying, you'd play every team in the league within a two year span. But how often are you going to play them now? If you have uh, two fixed same, and eight rotators. The same, the same amount of time. So then why would I have five fixed opponents then if it's the same thing? Because, because you'd have five fixed opponents because it'd create more rivalries and, and create. Yeah, and, I like. And, and I, I think a, with 16 teams, upset about stuff. you'd have to do that. I mean, well, in baseball, it's not as big of a deal, but like in football, for example, right. if you move to 10 conference games and you have five fixed opponents, everyone would get to play everybody they wanted to play. And I think non-conference games are going away because I think there's going to be a cold war between Fox and ESPN. Interesting. And so I think you're going to start seeing them not want to play. Because remember, that was one of the deals with Texas and Oklahoma yep. coming to the SEC was them flip-flopping that Michigan and Texas game. And I don't think that was a small thing, flip-flopping the location. So Fox could get that extra that Texas-Michigan game on their schedule for whatever well, year was 2024. Caduce, going to start seeing yeah. fewer SEC teams playing teams that have contracts with Fox and vice versa, fewer teams that have contracts with Fox. Because remember now, the Big Ten's going completely away from ESPN, not just football, basketball and everything. 100%. So That's exactly right. So, you, I mean, you're going to see that. But, again, I, I just wonder, it doesn't make, the math doesn't make any sense to me. You have eight, how are you going to rotate who those other eight opponents are, it, it, or do you just are you just going to pick based on the winning percent? I mean, I don't know how you're going to do that. Sean, you're intelligent. How are you going to do that, Sean? You're intelligent. Uh, apparently, not intelligent enough to answer that question. Well, Sean, come on. How are we going to do that? We're going to have we're going to have eight rotators. Yeah. If you had five fixed opponents, you wouldn't have to worry about it. You say we're going to play Richie. these five teams every year. We're going to play these five teams. It's the same. It's boring. I think. I think the take home message is is I am so glad that we're even fielding this call because yep. nobody gave a rip about SEC baseball three years ago. That's fact. So I love it. I love the yeah, discussion. No. I love the. I love the disagreement. That means nobody it matters. Thought about it. Yeah, exactly. I love Nobody it. thought about it until, like, uh, you know, April of 2021. But I'll tell you this, Richie. I like the concept of rivalry. That's why you got to keep two of them. But if you're playing everybody else every year anyway, you're arguing with yourself. You're going to have rivalries. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just you look at what they're doing with football and with the three-team rivalry. Yeah. And if, and if it's going the way that the Dellinger guy suggests, yep. I mean, Kentucky's not going to be playing their biggest rival every year in football, which is Tennessee. Right. South Carolina's not going to play, be playing their biggest rival in the SEC, which is Georgia. Georgia. And that's not even close. I right. know a bunch of South Carolina fans. And right. That's their only rival in the SEC. Right. They're, they're not rivals with us. And so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense what they're doing there. And so I just, you know, it, to me, if you can maintain more rivalries, the better – because, um, like, well, let's take LSU baseball, for example. Mm-hmm. They probably, who are they going to want to play? Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas? 
I mean, they've got long. They're going to get out. Yeah, they're going to. I would say Ole Miss they're probably. They're going to have to lose yeah. somebody. I say yeah, they're, they're going to have to lose somebody. Do they probably have a long-standing yeah, they, you know, rivalry with it's gonna. They're going to have to play either LSU or Arkansas as one of their other rivalry. No, he's talking about LSU. I mean, yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking Ole Miss. Mississippi State and LSU is a huge rivalry just based on the, the length and how long those two have been really good at baseball. Do you, do you tie Texas and Oklahoma together? Do you, do you tie yeah. Texas and Oklahoma together, or do you allow them to have their own, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, identities when they join the league? That'll be interesting to see how that's played. Yeah, and is, is A&M going to play Texas? I yeah. Does A&M tie they're to Texas, or do they get their own identity? And will they fight behind the scenes to avoid it? Will they fight to make it happen? That will be really interesting to see how this is going to play here. Hey, you know, speaking of rivalries, think back to – Oklahoma State used to be a great baseball program. Yep. Great baseball program. I think, in fact, uh, uh, Coach Anderson was the head coach there, wasn't he, yep. for a while? Why? This is a bit off the topic, but does it surprise you that they did not do everything? Because they've got money there. Did they not do everything possible to try to get in the SEC? Sure they did. And sure then, they were did. they just shut down? I mean, yeah, they, they no, remember no. it before. Why it was would you take them? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, just like Virginia, Virginia Tech. We why? don't move without the other. Why would and then you? Oklahoma just said later. Why would you take them? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I agree. Sure, I'm not a fan at all. Sure, they tried to get in the league. I, I think so they're sort of like screw Oklahoma for that. Sure. Well, they don't care. I mean, they, no, Oklahoma doesn't care a bit no. about them. None of these, none of these schools care about each other. UCLA and USC could care less about the rest of the pack, whatever whatever's left. Nobody cares. I think they got. I think those two teams got another thing coming. When they, when you got to fly on consecutive oh. weeks to, to uh, uh, Maryland oh. in the winter, Penn State in the oh. winter, Syracuse, you know, on and on. Where's Rob Halford wow. when you need him? You got another thing coming. Yeah. Well, how many of those NFL teams, guys, stay, you know, if they're playing, if they're a West Coast team, they'll stay, like, somewhere in the East Coast. They have two back-to-back That's East right. Coast games. They're not going to be able to do that with college games. No, you can, well, uh, I mean, maybe you I mean, can I mean, if they're all taking online classes now, which I mean, a bunch of them are. Well, you've got, like, online tutoring sessions. Actually. Online tutoring yeah. sessions. It's all online. The whole world's online. This show's online. I mean, come on. And, and, and Tony, speaking of the scheduling. Yeah. Can you can you explain to me and and, uh, and the reason I brought up Vanderbilt, I mean South Carolina and Kentucky is this reason, uh, you know, like I said, South Carolina's biggest rival is Georgia, and Kentucky's biggest rival is uh, Tennessee traditionally in the SEC. So when they came out with the football schedule, you know, Tennessee's allegedly going to play South Carolina, allegedly. Georgia's allegedly going to play Kentucky, right. Uh, why is Tennessee not playing Kentucky and Georgia not playing South Carolina, other than a perception that South Carolina is a better football program than Kentucky long-term, which they probably are, and certain coaches or maybe other teams complaining about Tennessee getting to play Vanderbilt Kentucky? I think that Something what you think about. Well, I think what you're seeing is a lot of this posturing that's going on, I think a lot of it's trial balloons, how will the public react? Um, I think it's interesting that Nick Saban got out there and complained and moaned about something that's not set, which means he's already, Sean used the term playpen earlier. He's like in full baby mode these days. I can't figure Saban out. Now there's agitation today from one of the 
reporters from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that, in fact, the NCA is getting ready to descend upon Athens, Georgia. Uh, Kirby, does that not does the, does that not smell like the Hugh Freeze treatment to you? Kirby, I mean, Hugh Freeze no question. whips him twice, and now you got back to back on one of his disciples. You got he's it. not going to sit around for that. No, he's not. And, well, I, I think I think yeah. the fear that Saban's got is Hugh Freeze is coming to Auburn. Hugh Freeze knows how to beat Nick Saban. Yeah, Brian Kelly's already beaten him. Yeah, Josh Heupel could beat him. Yeah, and the one thing that he absolutely cannot do is lose to LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee in the same season. Because then those crazy people will get crazy and say, you know, and start saying, and he'll have enough of it. I mean, that's what he's afraid of. He doesn't and have a quarterback. He yeah, he doesn't have oh, yeah. a, he doesn't have the front line tremendous quarterback this year. Now maybe the Simpson kid develops into that, and maybe that's what what this becomes. But the Milrow guy is a run first dude, um, and they, you know, quarterbacks nine tenths of the game these days. I will take my chance on what Tennessee has a quarterback over what they have a quarterback. In fact, I would take my chance over what Tennessee has a quarterback versus, I don't know, close to the whole league this year. His his problem down there is the fact that when you are generally a jerk to every single person that you're around yes, and you're winning, people will excuse that. As soon as you stop winning at the same clip – People will turn on you so fast, and I, I all I do is reference Mike DeBose, one of their own. Yep. One of their own. I mean, he he was getting into all sorts of nonsense with his, uh, uh, you know, his support staff, et cetera, and they're like, nothing to see here. He starts losing a couple games, and he's out of there faster than you can blink your eyes. Boy, he was one goofy. They will, they will, yeah, they will turn on Saban in a heartbeat. You really think that, Sean? Oh, absolutely! You'll, you'll start hearing you'll start hearing stories from people once they start losing because then they know. But reporters that have been, you know, reporters are getting chastised and they're getting a treatment oh, from the athletic department. Me? Are you kidding? And the authorities? Yeah, exactly. And then, you then all kidding? of a sudden you're going to start seeing because once you start losing, then all of a sudden the police force just goes. You know what? I'm tired of this. Yeah, this guy's got an up down, you know, upside down smile. Looks like he ate a bitter prune half the time. And yeah, you know, Richie, you're my man. Much love to you. Go Braves. Thanks, guys. See you later. Go Braves, Richie. Go Braves. You can say go Phillies to Richie. I could. You can give me some love here. Hey, I, you know, I hope the Phillies beat the Mets when they play the Mets, Tony. I can give you that. Well, that's something we agree on. Thank you, brother. Yeah. The great Tyler Ivins loves his Met- Metropolitans, which I say to thine own. Self be true. He was jocking the Mets when they weren't cool. So, uh, you know, do what you want, be who you are, as the old song goes. You, they were your favorite team for a week or two, weren't they? I love their broadcasting team. And we decided we weren't going to compete. We, <laughs> we were acting like a small market team. Laura got me a Mets hat uh, one year at uh, Father's Day, and I could not put it on. I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. So those of you who are Volcats out there, I just couldn't do it. Well, I could I could never wear a Raiders hat, so Same. there you go. Just can't do it. Or a Broncos hat. You got that old <laughs> AFL vibe in you, too. Uh, to the I radio listener, I want to say he's, he's SEA and Sinclair DDS, beautiful Maryville. Uh, we are going to do a quick overtime. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
so you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and Shindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This responsible gaming message is brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. When you play the lottery, it's important to play responsibly. Know your limit and spend only what you can afford. Set a budget and stick to it. And remember, as long as you're having fun, you're always a winner in our book. The Tennessee Lottery is a proud supporter of National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. To learn more about problem gambling resources, visit tnlottery.com. Ah, fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. Find the Multiplier Instant Games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. I'll never forget the day I decided to go out for the football team. Mr. Banks, the JV football coach and my history teacher asked me to stay after class. I thought I was in trouble. He said, hey, Darius, have you thought about going out for football? I think you'd be great. Fact is, I never played football. Fact is, I never had anyone tell me I'd be great at something. So, with no experience at all, I signed up. And a week later, I padded up and was running drills on the field. I never was great But playing high school sports was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I was accepted by my teammates, and I learned that when someone believes in you, you can believe in yourself. Encourage a student you know to take part in a high school sport. This message presented by the TSSAA and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad Bobby Parks and my great-granddad Julian Mays in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. I just want to say that your show is disgusting. Two white men and a white woman attacking a black man who's a Democrat, yet you have no balance to anything that you say. You act like a bunch of Southern You are ridiculous. You're a horrible show. You're a horrible representation of Tennessee. Y'all are disgusting. You're disgusting human beings. And either balance it out with someone who has a half a clue of what they can talk about. You got a bus driver up there acting like he's better than him just because of what? I have no idea what his points are other than what Tucker Carlson told him what to say. Y'all are disgusting human beings. You need to get off the air. Three Dudes with a View, triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.